right, you ready to rumble? Start talking about Pride and Prejudice again? Um, when am I not ready to talk That's about true. Pride That's and Prejudice? True. I'm pumped. We get to talk more about Charlotte and apparently her tabby cat. <laughs> I I found I did find some interesting things on Charlotte yesterday. Mm-hmm. We are not the only ones that think she's gay. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I wanted I was hoping that someone had done like more in depth research, you know, because I was hoping that there'd be like. So I did see that someone wrote something saying like, oh, you know, she Jane Austen might have not intended for her to have been gay, but that she uh, knew someone who was like secretly gay at the time. And that's how they behaved. And she wrote Charlotte based off of that, not knowing. So I saw that that was a theory that was posed. I could see that totally yeah. happening. Yeah, because I don't know enough about Jane Austen's history to know if she intended Charlotte to be gay, but also, like, it wouldn't surprise me if she did. Well, Jane Austen, I mean, she never got married. She never... She was a a single for for her entire life. Oh, really? Oh, I thought she had a... Okay, maybe I was confusing her with someone else. I thought she had a husband. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I know more about Mary Shelley for some reason than I do Jane Austen. <laughs> Did you read that article I sent you? You know what? I didn't read it yet, but I've got it bookmarked, so I'm going, okay. to. Yeah, oh. I'm going to. It tells, like, everything about her, and I love it. Apparently there's a movie or something, too, about Mary Shelley that I didn't know about. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pride and Prejudice. Uh, I am joined once again by Amanda. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? And we are going to be covering, starting with chapter 28. And if you haven't listened to the first episode on Pride and Prejudice, make sure to go back and listen to that because uh, this continues on and it's all spoiler-based. So if you haven't read the book and you haven't listened to episode one, I would definitely recommend doing that. Yes. So with chapter 28, Elizabeth uh, left her aunt and uncle's house and is now at Charlotte's house, which... I as soon as they sh- she came to Charlotte's house, I was immediately like nervous that their friendship was not going to rekindle in the same way. Yeah, because they left with a lot of bad feelings, I think, between them. Because mm-hmm. what? Wow, us, what's her face? Is what Charlotte was upset that Elizabeth didn't understand, and Elizabeth was upset that Charlotte Charlotte would even marry him in the first place. So. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be awkward for everybody involved." And then um, Charlotte is pretending that she doesn't hear all the embarrassing things Collins says, which I thought was hilarious. She was just like, whenever Collins would say something, Charlotte would be like, "Blah blah blah." She, I mean, she handles him perfectly. She just lets him ramble and then ignores everything he says. It's perfect. I know. I thought it was so funny. And then. Um, Mrs. Uh, Jenkinson and her daughter are in the garden by the Collins house, which, okay, in the movie, I was really disappointed that we did not get to see uh, Collins's garden because I thought it was going to be awesome. And I'm a little disappointed that we never got to see it. <laughs> like, he brags about this so much in the movie or in the books that I was yeah. like, oh, okay, they're going to show it. It's going to be killer. And then I'm like, 
Well, it's <laughs> good to see that. I had never even thought about it, to be honest with you. I just was like, it was such a, like, Collins would not stop talking about it. So I was like, okay, we're going to see it. It's going to be like, I thought it was going to be good, but like not exceptional by any means, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just going to be one of those things that he was like, oh, this is so good and I do it so well. And it was just going to be like one shrubbery. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, I thought it would have been hilarious. So then we find out that Catherine's daughter is very thin and apparently looks sickly. But they don't really say what she has, which I thought was kind of strange. Like, they just said she was really thin. So I was just like, was she just one of those people that has a fast metabolism? And at that time that, like, people didn't really like when people were thin? I don't know. She probably had an autoimmune disease because they talked about how she got sick real easy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, you know, medicine wasn't exactly in tip-top shape. So they just, a weak constitution is what they called it. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't know what that meant, to be honest. But yeah, I was like always wondering because I was like, oh, they keep referencing it, but they don't actually say what it is. But I guess they probably just didn't know. Yeah. So then they say that everyone's going to dine at Catherine's tomorrow. And then we move on to chapter 29. So at this point, Collins is telling everyone to ex- uh, what to expect, and he tells Elizabeth not to worry. Lady Catherine will not think less of her because she dress, uh, she is simply dressed. And I was like, oh, he's such a dirtbag. He thinks he's so much better than, than Elizabeth just because he lives next door to Lady Catherine. And it's I just want to smack him upside the head. Oh, I know. And it's just like he is at the same point, like... Wealth-wise, they're basically the same before he was around Catherine, and now he thinks he's all high and mighty because he's around Catherine. Yep. So annoying. Um, to Elizabeth, Catherine says, uh, reminds her of Darcy, so um, she's not super worried. Wait, sorry, hold on. I reread. I read my notes wrong. Oh, she's. To Elizabeth, Catherine reminds her of Darcy, so she is not wowed with Catherine because she thinks <laughs> she's like pompous, like Darcy is. Um, and then Catherine starts pressing her to figure out who she is, um, what kind of money her family has, like if she's had a governess, which to me that sounds like a homeschool teacher, kind of like a teacher that comes to your house. It, well, a governess is normally somebody who lives with, um, who lives with the female daughter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not not just homeschooling, but runs her life basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, guess he was something along that, but she was like shocked that the kids didn't have one. So when um when we see um when we see the daughter, the woman she, that she's always with, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Jennings, that that is her governess. Okay. O- only because um because the daughter who's name has totally left me suddenly um has has never been out in society or anything Mm -hmm. and because she's so weak instead of getting rid of the governor when she's reached a certain age like is is normal Mm -hmm. she's just stayed on as her permanent companion okay so yeah she was she is her governess okay i just yeah i was when i was reading that part like so do like if, are you rich to have a governess or is it like middle class people also have governess or like what's the breakdown there do you think middle class people as well okay. and um 
yeah, middle class people, people that have country homes that that don't have to um, basically work for a living, that mm-hmm. live off their properties and stuff. Those sort of families would normally have a governess. Okay. That's why Lady Catherine was so surprised that they didn't have a governess because she's a gentleman's daughter. And yeah. so that, that sort of household would be expected to employ that sort of person. So are they kind of like, um, what's that called? When a family does like the no school? That's not what it's called. But instead of homeschooling, they go like world schooling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, at that point in time, they didn't have traditional schools. Mm-hmm. Nor did, especially even if they had traditional schools, like they had colleges and stuff, but women weren't permitted to go to them. Yeah. So any sort of education that a woman had had to be done at home. True, true. And then in my note, it just says, um, Catherine is so full of herself. <laughs> Which I think is the understatement of the century. Century. And she doesn't even understand it. She thinks that this is normal, you know, that, that everybody should be honored. Mm-hmm. That she is so elevated above the world that we should be honored to listen to her ram on about how to play the piano even though she admits she can't play the piano she can't play the piano but she's giving advice on it i know she's like well if i had if my daughter was able to go to school and stuff she'd be an absolute talent everyone comes to me for my musical ear and all that kind of stuff i was like yeah so exactly so chapter 30 Every day, Charlotte and Collins make at least one trip over to Catherine's house, and Elizabeth doesn't understand it. Like, that seems like a lot. Like, I guess that she, Catherine likes the attention, so it's not like they're outstaying their welcome. But to me, it's just like, that's... Because you don't just go over there for 15 minutes. That's taking, like, an hour or two out of your day to go see someone every day. Well, yes, Catherine most certainly loves the attention. She likes being fawned on. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's not like they've got jobs or anything to do. That's true. So. Yeah, I just, oh, I can't, ima- I, as an introvert, I just couldn't imagine socializing every single day for a couple hours and being okay with that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just ripped my headphones out of my microphone. <laughs> so chapter, oh, wait, I already said that. Darcy said he'll be there. Um, Catherine reveals that Darcy's going to be there in a few weeks to celebrate Easter. And then I was like, yes. And then it immediately jumps forward to Darcy's already there. So uh, Darcy comes to the Collins house and um, Elizabeth at that time mentions that her sister has been in town for three months and asks if he's had the honor of seeing her. And Darcy looks a little confused and says that he hasn't. (laughs) So I just want to let it be said that this point in time with them at Lady Catherine's together is my favorite in the book. And the reason it's actually my favorite in the book is not because of this book. Um, There is another book that shows Pride and Prejudice from his point of view. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's it's almost perfect. You can have both books in one hand Mm -hmm. and read it like a dual point of view. I mean, it's, it's just that, it flows that seamlessly and so this part of the book is my favorite but only because when i'm reading pride and prejudice the original i'm like mentally reading his point of view you know so 
I read his, I see his interactions differently now that I've read the other one. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have a Patreon episode after I read Darcy's point of view and it's just going to be me going, oh my gosh, you are so right. I can't believe it. Darcy in this point. <laughs> going to be going on and on about Darcy for like 20 minutes. Girl, I could go on and on for Darcy for like 20 hours. I mean, what is there not to go on about? Your husband oh. hearing you from the other room like, what? Oh, he's he's well aware. <laughs> yeah. He's well aware. Actually, he's got black hair. And so I'm like, you know, if you just just a little bit taller, just a little bit. He's got the tall, dark of brooding down. Let me tell you. My husband is, is all sorts of brooding. I said, if you just were a little bit richer, I can make this work. <laughs> Get his legal his last name legally changed. I tried to get him to dress up Pride of Prejudice for Halloween one year, but he shut me down hard. Ah, oh, I know. I would have head. loved to see those photos. Oh man, that'd been awesome. But you know, oh well. <laughs> we can't have everything we want. So, chapter thirty-one. Lady Catherine invited them over, but she does not seem overly pleased by it. So, I I think she just kind of wanted to like not wanted i think she wanted to invite everyone except elizabeth over but she had to also invite elizabeth over because she was there that's my theory at least well i think part of the problem is is she was not aware that that darcy and elizabeth had already known each other and then as she's watching i mean anybody that watches the interactions between them Mm -hmm. knows that even if they don't realize it themselves everybody who watches the interactions between them knows there's something going on oh yeah Um, for sure so and she's got designs for darcy for other reasons so watching him talk with with elizabeth i'm sure did not make lady catherine all that comfortable yeah I'm sure that was like a big part of the reason too. And like how she kind of just tries to make Elizabeth feel like trash the entire time. Uh, So Colonel Fitzwilliam is talking to Elizabeth and they're having an engaging conversation that every single person there gets jealous of. And this is one thing that I wanted to see in the movie, but they didn't show it at least in the 2005. And then Catherine demands that they tell her what they were talking about, which is so annoying. It's so shady because it's like, I don't know. I hate I hate when people do that when you're trying to have a private conversation and then they're like, oh, you guys are having fun. Just tell me. Like, you should be able to tell every single person here. And you're like, no. It's so <laughs> annoying. Uh, and then Catherine says they need to speak aloud so that she can participate since no one has better taste in music than she. Because they mentioned that she, they were talking about music. Oh. <laughs> And then Catherine says that Elizabeth will never get better if she does not practice every day and that she made many offers to Elizabeth to come over and practice where she wouldn't be in anyone's way. So Elizabeth starts playing with uh, the colonel on the piano and Darcy walks up and uh, starts. she starts teasing him about the ball when he first appears. And like it's like, oh, but you didn't even want to dance with anybody. And I think she specifically is like, oh, to the colonel, she says, oh, if I told you what Darcy was like when I first met him, you'd be appalled, right? Yep. Yep. And then she's, he's like, oh, pray, do tell. And Darcy, by this point in time, he's relaxed enough around. Because remember, at the beginning, they're like, oh, no, you don't, you don't joke. You don't pick on Darcy. You don't. 
you know, but now he's relaxed enough around Elizabeth that he's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll tolerate it. I'll put up with it. Go ahead and pick on me. So he's pretty cool about it by this point in time. And then I think that's the first realization that Darcy was like, oh, wait, that actually hurt your feelings? Whoops. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm so smooth. I'm a smooth operator. She totally likes me back. And then she's like, you were trash. And I heard you call me ugly. And he's like, uh, oh, whoopsie, whoopsie. But he's, like, on- I- he's honest with her, though. He tells her, he says, I, I don't have the capability yeah. Of of easily conversing with those that I don't know, you know, our our poor anxiety. I mean, our poor Darcy has a little bit of an anxiety disorder, I think. Yeah. And so being around all those people freaked him out. He's like, I I'm mean, sorry. Yeah, I totally get that. But I just like Elizabeth has no chill at all. None. She's got she's got all the subtlety of a bull in a china shop. <laughs> I know she's like, you know what your aunt says? He says you should practice. But she's trying to be mean to him, and at this point in time, he thinks she's flirting with him. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're trash, and Darcy's like, but I love you, though. <laughs> Hit me harder, please. And then, and then Elizabeth can tell that Darcy does not love his cousin, who everyone expects him to marry. And she's like, ooh, awkward. And Darcy's like, it's because I love you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, uh, chapter 32. The next day, Elizabeth is home alone, and Darcy just rolls in. Like, in the movie, they just did it so dramatically. Like, in in the book, I'm imagining he knocks on the door, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? But in the movie, he's like, bam, 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 and walks in the room. He's like, here I am. <laughs> I love, love the interpretations of the movie. Because I've, I've read the book before mm-hmm. the movie. Um and now, every time I reread the book, and I've seen the movie so many times, yeah. um, that every time I, I, I reread the book, I have, like, the mannerisms of the movie mm-hmm. in my mind. You know, I just, I love, I love the way they interpreted that onto the big screen. I know. At some point, I'm going to have to reread it, because the, the part where he enters the... <laughs> Um, ball for the first time he's ever shown up and everyone goes completely silent and stares at him I was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's so dramatic and I thought this so funny but I was like in my head I didn't think anybody like really noticed that he was there like they noticed but like not super but the fact that everyone's completely silent spreads across the room so he can walk to the other side and then everyone's like immediately resumes as soon as he passes (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious no wonder he's got a, a, an issue with crowds, right? Yeah, I know. I, I would be a little uncomfortable if every single person stopped talking to watch me. Like, yeah, can't funny. blame him there. Nope, not at all. So Darcy says that uh, Bingley may sell the house near the Bennett family. And that's all that he really says. And he leaves after like 10 minutes. And um Charlotte comes back and she mentions that she thinks Darcy might like Elizabeth. See, everybody can see it but them. I know. And Elizabeth's like, no, no. And I'm like, yes. So chapter 33. Darcy keeps running into Elizabeth on her walks and she's starting to think it might not be an accident. (laughs) See, she's so stupid. She's so stupid. I just want to hit her. 
And I, I hate it when women are willfully ignorant in romance novels. It just mm-hmm. it drives me nuts. You know, of course, he's trying to run into you. But she's like, oh, he's trying to antagonize me. He's trying mm-hmm. to get a ride out of me. No, girl, he's trying to stalk you because he's afraid to talk to you, okay? He just wants to follow you like a puppy dog. It's because in real life, when women are experiencing this by men, they read into everything. We all know this. You know, you send one text and I'm going to read it four times and read it in different voices to decide exactly what you mean by it. I don't just be like, oh, he just happens to run into me. No, this was planned. She's just, she's willfully willfully ignorant mm-hmm. and it mm, girl get it together i know it drives you up a wall drives me up a wall so um the colonel is joined in the guardianship of miss darcy which i thought seemed strange and i don't really have a reason that it seems strange but i just thought it was weird that because you would think it would just be darcy like i think it's kind of weird that his cousins also a uh, guardian to uh, the younger Miss Darcy. But maybe that's just my opinion. Well, no, I think it makes sense because Darcy was still young when his parents died. He was like in his 20s, early, early, because if they've been gone for 10 years, that means he's like eight, he was like 18 okay. when, when his parents died, or maybe 17, because we never know when Darcy's birthday is. Um, so he was young when his parents died to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then, um, that way that not all the responsibility falls on Darcy, but it's yeah. still someone else kept in the family. True. So no, now, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I'm now realizing that um, they don't mention every, anyone's birthday at all the entire book. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're in the book for over a year. Yeah. Now I'm realizing how many books don't mention anyone's birthday. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing where it's like no one goes to the bathroom in a book. I hate that. I I wrote a book um, that took place in one night, mm-hmm. and it was from my dude. I it was the first t- time I'd ever written a book from one point of view. I'm normally a dual point of view person, and I made sure for that very reason that because um, the book is called One Night Only, so it's just one night. I made sure for that very reason that he went pee like three times in that book, and someone meant someone wrote. Uh, one of my fans commented, she's like, when does she ever go pee? I'm like, uh, I can't help you with that. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, like, that sounds like a her problem, okay? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry that her, she has more bladder control than my guy has. I'm like, well, you know, when, when he's not staring at her is obviously when she goes pee. I don't know. She, just, she wore a diaper the entire time. I don't know. <laughs> So Fitzwilliam, the colonel, says that Darcy was congratulating himself on saving Bingley from a marriage to someone who is not right for him. And I'm really hoping that that was a misunderstanding, but it was not. (laughs) And, okay, so in the movie, that scene takes place in um, a church. It didn't take place in a church, right? Like, that just took place at Catherine's house. Okay. I was like, am I remembering this wrong? Because I didn't think they went to church the entire novel and then they were in that giant church. Well, and I think part of the reason they were in that giant church in the, what you call it, in the movie is because mm-hmm. that's where our dear Mr. Collins worked. Yeah. So <laughs> we had to show him having a little bit of... Uh, uh, responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice church, so... 
can't say anything bad about it. But I was like, am I remembering this wrong? Like, I was so confused. No, not remembering it wrong. Okay, good. My memory lasts another day. <laughs> and then from finding out this, uh, Elizabeth is too set to go to Catherine's and stays home and says that she has, like, a belly ache or something and, like, gets out of it. And everyone's like, oh, no, like, are you sure? And then chapter 34 darcy shows up and immediately he's like okay are you alive are you okay like i heard you had a stomachache what's happening like he's basically like can i do anything like i will give you my soul if it means you heal he's freaking out right i mean and you have to imagine what lady Catherine must have thought because they show up and they're like oh she's not with us she doesn't feel well and he took off right in the middle of the dinner party He's like, oh, my God, she's sick. And and he's out of there. Can you imagine yeah. how absurd that must have looked from the side of the dinner party? True, because Catherine thinks they've met once. And now it's like, uh, okay, there's more to this. Also, please tell me that that scene specifically is in the uh, trilogy of Darcy point of view. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And the, the night after, as he's writing that, the... The, I'm jumping ahead of the plot line a few minutes, but um, that that whole section where he's writing out the letter and everything, mm-hmm. all of that as he's mm. yes, I can't wait to see the drama of just that specifically. I would so. Uh, I'm gonna have to order those after this call. I didn't order them last night. I should have, but I'm gonna have to order it. Okay, we're on chapter thirty-four. So at this point, Darcy admits to loving her finally, and he's. <laughs> Like, as she's supposedly <laughs> sick with a stomach ache in bed, he's like, hey, by the way, I love you. <laughs> and he proposes, and Elizabeth rejects him, unsurprisingly, because she is absolutely so shocked. And she's like, wait a second. Wait one dilly darn minute. We hate each other. And Darcy's like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like, we don't get along. And he goes, I thought you were flirting. <laughs> I know. He's so just... Poor Darcy. That's just poor Darcy. That entire conversation is basically like they were on two different ends. They're not even in the same book. They, one was at the beginning, one was at the end, and they're trying to read at the same time. It was. He just. He. Yeah. I. I really feel bad. She. Of course. I mean, he proposed poorly, obviously. But this man has spent the last desperately in love with her and since he's made it to rosings he's like thought that he's been courting her yeah you know he legit is getting dressed every day he's meeting her every day you know he thinks this is a mutual thing going on Mm -hmm. and she's like what the what now she's like you're stalking me and he goes we're in love (laughs) yeah he darcy it was painful for him and I, i felt every minute of it I just, he also could have proposed better, but, you know. Yeah, it was. So Elizabeth goes on to say that the main reason she's rejecting him is because he caused her sister pain. And she also, at this point, brings up uh, Wickham. And in my notes, I immediately write, I hope we find out the truth here. And I was not disappointed. Yeah, I was not disappointed. Oh, and then my notes said, also, I forgot to mention that while he was proposing, he said he tried to get over her, but she doesn't have good connections and he should be with someone more like him. 
I know. He's so rude. I'm like, do better, Darcy. Like, but at the same time, in his mind, he thinks he's being. He th- he thinks he's being honest with her. You know, he thinks yeah. giving her a gift. He's showing her honor by saying, mm-hmm. for all of these reasons, I should not, but I still do. He and thinks he's like uh, honoring her with this information, and she's like, "You are such a douche." And she's like super offended. And he's like, "But I don't understand." Yeah, he he really doesn't doesn't grasp the concept. Yeah, and then at after all that, Darcy leaves, and Elizabeth is shocked, and she went to go hide in her room again. And we finally get to chapter five, thirty-five, and this is where I noticed that I had been misspelling Wickham. The entire time, <laughs> thirty-five chapters in, and um, yeah, I, I definitely need to go because I'm going to publish these notes in uh, the Patreon whenever I get that set up. But um, I should definitely go through these notes before I do that and try and find every time I used uh, Wickerham instead of Wickham. That's funny. <laughs> So Elizabeth goes on a walk and Darcy says, uh, Darcy's out there waiting for her and hands her a letter and then just immediately like turns tail and leaves, which I thought was kind of funny. So Darcy explains in the letter that he could see Bingley falling in love, but did not think that Jane was equally in love. And then because of that and the lack of good connections that the Bennett family has to offer, they decided to separate them. So Darcy goes on to explain that Darcy's father provided for uh, Wickham to go to school. Oh my gosh, and all these parts, I just crossed out the ER that I put in Wicker. (laughs) I need to get it together. It's okay. It's adorable. So, however, uh, Darcy started to see that uh, Wickham had ulterior motives, which he did not like. So Darcy's dad wanted Wickham to be part of the church, but uh, Wickham did not want to do it. So Darcy, instead of helping him in the church, like he suggested, he instead gave him 3,000 pounds to pursue a law degree. The law degree ended up being a fake, and uh, Wickham, yeah, Wickham wrote to Darcy again. I have to like rewrite Wickham every time I say it in my head because I'm reading it, and I'm like, no, that's not right. Um... Wickham wrote to Darcy again after three years of no contact and said he wanted to be ordained and asked to be presented to the living in question, which Google did not tell me what this means. So is that him saying that he wanted to be a part of the church? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that means he wanted, he wanted to, because they, when they say a, a, a living, it's, if it provides the house and the income. Oh, okay. If he, um, takes up the duties of the church. Oh, okay. So yeah, he wanted he wanted the the money in the church. He wanted the job, basically. So my guess was that that meant he was trying to marry Darcy's sister. <laughs> well, you're not too far off. I know that was my continuous guess was that he was trying to like marry his sister or something along those lines, and that's why Darcy didn't like him. But like. Also, yes. Like, I wasn't technically super incorrect. Nope, not at all. So, then we find out that um, Wickham followed Georgina Darcy and apparently tricked her into falling in love, and she consented to an elopement at the age of 15. 
And Darcy found out about it and wrote Wickham to tell him off. And then uh, Wickham ended up running away. Which she's not, she's technically not even like quote out yet. Right. Right. And nope. Especially not at that point. Well, she, she could have technically, but because there's no like age limits at that point in time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was she hadn't been yet been presented to society. Oh, okay. So I was like, I didn't know if she wasn't able to get married until she was presented to society or like how that necessarily worked. No, she could still get married at any time, but being presented to society, normally at that point in time when a woman is presented, mm-hmm. they go through like this whole ceremony um at the Church of St. James in London. I think it's the Church of St. James, mm-hmm. um, but, but they go through this whole whole ceremony where they're introduced to the, the king and queen and they do a little bow and they wear a little dress. And then mm-hmm. they do it with the, the, all the other girls that are coming out that season. Mm-hmm. And so and then they spend the, the season, quote unquote, down in London, going to parties and meeting men. And and basically trying to land a husband. So like this whole okay. this whole entertainment season is is built around women, young women and young men trying to hook up. Oh, oh, very good. <laughs> In the most tame hand holding way possible. Yes. So chapter thirty six, Elizabeth is absolutely shook, and she does not believe that Darcy did not know about Jane caring for Bingley, but she is shocked about the things that happened with uh, Wickham. Elizabeth keeps thinking it over and is realizing that there were a lot of holes in Wickham's story, and she's very upset with herself over how she acted. Like at this point, you know she's like laying in bed at night and she's like, "Oh no, oh no, oh yeah," because that was just. It's like when you trip in, like, the cafeteria at school and, like, food spills all over you and you just can't stop replaying it in your head over and over and over again. You're 30 years old and you're daydreaming about the time you fell in high school. I know, and you're like, I will never, like, people probably think about this. And you know no one does, but, like, you you continuously think about it. Oh, Yeah. So after a couple of hours of walking, Elizabeth returns home. Like a couple of hours of walking. I was like, oh, she just basically ran away for a little bit and then came back. That's exactly what she did. And can you blame her? I mean, No, really. I definitely couldn't. She probably had a lot to think about. And she's probably just sitting on a bench somewhere looking at squirrels and being like, I can't believe what I've done. And rereading that letter over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Because you know she's trying to find holes in Darcy's story and she can't find any and she's like, oh no. Because the more she reads it, the more Wickham's behavior makes sense to her. Yeah. Ugh. So after a couple hours of walking, Elizabeth returns home and both Darcy and the colonel called on her while she was out. And the colonel having stayed an hour waiting for her. Mm-hmm. The colonel liked it. I mean, he couldn't get in on that, but you yeah. know, it doesn't mean he didn't like it. He could like they they can't get married, but they can flirt all they want. Mm-hmm. I kind of expected the colonel to be hot. So, <laughs> so chapter thirty-seven. Both uh, Darcy and the colonel leave the next morning, and then everyone goes to Catherine's for dinner again. Catherine is trying to convince Elizabeth to stay for another week, which I didn't really understand why she was trying to convince Elizabeth so badly to stay when she didn't even really like Elizabeth. But I wonder if she just liked having someone to bully. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, most definitely. Yeah. That was but kind of my guess. I think she likes Elizabeth up until the fact that she realizes that because Elizabeth, I mean, one of the things that people like Elizabeth is she's not like a lot of the other girls, you know, mm-hmm. she's mouthy. She doesn't apologize for being mouthy. And yeah. that when you're used to people, you know, being sycophant all day long, that could be a nice change of turn. I think her, her main problems with Elizabeth comes when she realizes that Darcy wants to marry Elizabeth, at which yeah. point then the real issues. Yeah, now she's like, oop, I don't like that. <laughs> so Elizabeth says that she can't stay and she needs to get back home because her uh, dad needs her for something. Which is basically like that high school s- excuse where you tell your mom to say no. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I can't stay. If I stay, I'm going to kill Lady Catherine. So say no. Say I can't come home. <laughs> like, I have to come home. Thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. It was so much fun to record and honestly just thank you so much Amanda once again for joining me. If you want to find Amanda, um, she is at Instagram at Amanda underscore Faye underscore books. Uh, She's on Facebook.com at Amanda Faye Books. She has a website at AmandaFayBooks.com. And uh, she has so many books on Amazon. I highly recommend you check them out. Um, Just thank you so much once again, Amanda, for joining me. If you want to find um, me anywhere, I basically have all sorts of socials. I'm at Barely Bookish on basically everything. I even have a TikTok if you want to see me. Apparently, recently making a lot of From Blood and Ash in A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Uh, I make a bunch of videos about that because that book is amazing. And if you haven't read it yet, please do yourself the favor of going and reading it now, whether you check it out from a library or if you borrow it from a friend or you buy the book yourself, whatever you do, please read it. It is so good. I absolutely adored it. It's honestly one of my top favorite books right now. So please read it. Um, And then if you want to watch me make moronic TikToks about it, uh, follow me on TikTok at Barely Bookish. Uh, didn't think I'd ever say that one day, but you know, here we are. Uh, welcome to 2020. I have nothing else to do but make TikToks for everyone. If you um, are getting a lot of the Corona blues and you want to like virtually see, like talk to some people and you really want to make some bookish friends, please join the Barely Book Club. It's on Discord. We read a lot of different books. Um, it's a great way to like talk to people, and right now we're reading A Song of Race and Ruin. Uh, we just did the first reading, so we're starting the second reading. Uh, we started the second reading on Monday, so make sure to join us. Um, and if you're listening to this in the past, or listening to this in the future, if this is the past for you, if it is no longer um, October of 2020, then we probably are reading something else, but we're constantly changing the book and looking for new recommendations and finding new books to read. So please join us um, and talk books about talk about books with us. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, we really like to read. So please join the Barely Book Club if you are looking for 
um, a new virtual book club. It's on Discord, and you can find it by going to barelybookish.com slash connect, backslash, I guess, connect. Um, or if you look in the description of this video, it'll that link will be there, so you can join us on the Discord. Uh, yeah, so that's basically all I have for you all. Um, our logo was designed by my little sister, Sarah. Our theme song is Video Game Blockbuster by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. And that's all I have. I will catch you in the next one. And we will be continuing on with our reading of, uh, our reading of Pride and Prejudice. So make sure you read the next round of chapters. Uh, honestly, just please read the whole book. So I just, because I already read this when I recorded this, so I don't want to spoil anything for everybody. If you haven't read the whole book, please read it because avoid spoilers and all that good stuff, but I will catch you in the next one. Bye!